I think so. I really I, feel I, like um, <laughs> this isn't working out already. Give I really me more money. I really <laughs> thought you were the man for the job, and clearly <laughs> I've just got it wrong. <laughs> um, let me um, let me kind of go. Fine, four people. Let's, let's let me go through that. a few things. So let's oh, say you're going to tell me my job spec. No, I'm not going to tell you okay. your spec. I'm going to start defining the conditions. So let's say some of these. Hello, welcome to Cloud Unplugged. This is season two, episode 10. I'm John Shanks. And I'm Jake Ashaw. And today we're going to be talking about platforms and platform engineering, but mostly for developers, developer platforms. We spoke on the previous episode about what developer experience is, spoke about many things <laughs> facetiously and genuinely around like what was important to developers and reducing the friction around all of the things they have to worry about. Um, and giving them all the visibility and all of the information they need quickly and easily that's actionable, I think, was kind of what we're concluding, because if you can action on it, you can improve something um, to improve their experience. But in this one, when we're talking about platforms, we can talk about the stages of platforms, as in the build-out, so like design, I guess, then build and yeah. then operate. Oh, which, which is, is all the yeah, which is like commonly referred to as day zero, day one, day two, um, kind of uh, problems of building platforms, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, not problems, as in just the process. Just, just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry. Um, states, states of building. Yeah, the phases. Yeah, phases, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is the view that it all happens in essentially two three days. days. Two days because there isn't the day zero, day zero is not even a day. a day. Yeah, not a day. Just like zero time, zero day. Yeah. Done. You've go back you've in time. It. You've planned it. Yeah. In like zero days. It's all been subconscious the entire time, and then you just go straight it, to day one. Big day bang. Two. Yeah. Planning, planning, action. Um, yeah. So when we're talking about like design and implementation phase of a platform and gathering the requirements um, about what you're going to build. And then day one will be obviously then the building and implementation phase um, and then obviously testing what you're building and everything else that it actually works the way you'd expect. And then day two would be actually consumption um, of the thing because it's prime time and then people should be... Prime time. It's a prime time platform. It's, it's Amazon Prime that you're actually building. So we're talking about building Amazon Prime. Yeah, prime time. I mean, we can talk about building Amazon <laughs> Prime, but um, yeah... <laughs> good dev experience on that i don't know um but yeah prime time platforms ptps as we like to call them and then um i guess the biggest challenges that we see are more on the day two let's be honest i think there's quite a lot of tooling and loads of reusable configuration and bits and bobs out there where you can tend to be able to get something and create something reasonably easy yeah. whether you've can measure that against How the design well yeah. because you haven't designed anything in day zero um not sure if people are thinking about day zero as much or whether they're yeah. just going straight to day one and two but what do you think well it feels like um kind of kind of like you said um planning is just an activity that happens a little bit disconnected from it's always you know when you're talking about the success of something you're not always talking about the success of the planning. Um, you're talking about the success of the implementation or the architecture, which is part of the design and architecture phase. So um, maybe there is a link. Um, but generally, I guess the problems that we see we see in the industry is that the time and effort hasn't gone into and the knowledge just isn't there about um, what it takes to operate a a platform that is responsible for developer experience and hosting services in cloud right mm. um so um like like you kind of uh, summarized planning there's lots of information out there about platforms that other people have built that might um fact you might factor into the, into your design um day one there's again loads of open source projects or things even in the cloud um that exist that will help you uh, execute on parts of your design quite quickly um but day two is where most of the issues and the kind of ambiguity lies because no one really knows how to operate something and how the operations of that technology meets the rest of the business and the business's needs for stability 
security, you know, um, efficiency, etc. Okay, so say um, where like where a company, whatever we want to call like this new company, it's, it's going to be like a fictitious company. Okay, so. Cool. Um, I'm, I'm not sat here with a company hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> so we are a fictitious company in yep. this in this situation. Um, call it whatever. Call it like I don't know PTP because that's just what it says an acronym. Um, there is say eight development teams made up of say five to six engineers of developers, software developers. Mm-hmm. Um, they are writing obviously different functionality maybe different some slight different products some pieces of the product overall um you're there as a central platform team um, just me on my own or? say you have a team of um how many teams i've already forgotten how many teams <laughs> eight people eight, eight, was eight, eight teams, teams wasn't it? eight teams of five, five to six, six people yeah. yeah okay so say you have four engineers in your team okay with you which is kind of pretty large to be fair yeah i mean so i guess one thing that you're already sort of building out is that there's you've now implied that there is a kind of platform or yeah of course yeah there is yeah because we're talking about platform developers at self-service all right so a platform team that is building a platform for For developers. developers yeah and the ratio or the numbers that you've just described um do you want to do the math on it? Shall I do the math? So uh, 40, 40 to 46 people. Yeah. Yeah. And um, then the number of um, develop uh, DevOps or platform engineers you said is four. The Including yourself in that. It, it, so I guess oh, wow. it's three and then one for you, yeah. Oh, as in like, do I not count as, not as, as a in person? it's four in total of that four platform total. team, okay, cool. including like you yeah. leading that team. All right. Yeah. Um, but that already is not actually realistic, right? So it's not realistic. Not no, because that's how I started this. I said it was a fictitious. Yeah. No. Company. Fine. <laughs> but I'm saying that this t- the the team that I'm building already, I'd be like, uh, so the industry actually puts more time and f- uh, sorry more um, value in this function, which means that it is. Uh, heavily invested in um, and the way that this industry likes to invest in this space weirdly is by putting people in so Sorry, saying that that's right or wrong but do i need to hire someone else yeah just, i think so i really I, feel like um <laughs> this isn't working out already i really me more money i really <laughs> thought you were the man for the job and clearly <laughs> i've just got it wrong <laughs> um let me um let me kind of go. Fine, four people. Let's let's. Let me go through that. a few things. So let's oh, say you're going to tell me my job spec. No, I'm not going to tell okay. you job spec. I'm going to start defining the conditions. So let's say some of these projects have already gone into cloud. Maybe there's a bunch of kooky things going on, like on, loads on of, my on the platform that we've built. No, or, there's in a, oh, a, you, like, there was like sent, there was non centralized function going on for a yeah, while. Nice. So uh, embedded DevOps. Um, maybe some of the DevOps left um like some of them have been doing python scripts and kind of bits of glue and string and like maybe secrets kind of all over the place in things and it's a bit messy and then someone's like okay we really need to do something about it there's bottlenecks in the delivery um so your boss was like basically goes to hire you in because they're like we need to do something about this we need to get someone in to kind of take a look at all this and you're like actually we need to just probably centralize some of this stuff um because it hasn't worked very well and there's too much inconsistency it's all been done differently and the risk is really high and you don't really have any oversight and we need a yeah. bit more of a delivery framework in the business to get consistency so you promote you pitch platform engineering like platform engineering means we have central engineering going on to improve the developer experience in one place overall yeah overall and you do a pitch and they're like yep yeah, sold. sold great idea and then you then hire three more people kind of to help you on cool. defining it that's where we're at now that's where we're at so, okay, yeah cool. so thanks for that that's so all right still I stuck with three people in this uh, you didn't get a choice in it but i just <laughs> thought to give to give you some context. expectation yeah, and cheers. context of the fact that people are already doing things okay and like apps might be live in some of this apps as well are live I'm some apps are live some apps for... maybe not yeah cool all right um so there's this, this central team um now there isn't a platform that exists. There's no design that's done. Um, so I guess we're we're starting from, you know, day zero. Um, and 
I guess if you're looking for consistency across all of the teams and security and security people are worried about the security that's why your boss hired you in because they're like and are you just in one cloud provider many cloud providers you're just in one cloud provider that's easy yeah oh is it okay super easy right yeah um so (laughs) so next week so um day zero is actually when you start delivering value if you're just in no i'm joking uh of course um using cloud is difficult there's like you know, say AWS now has 200 odd services. So you're not expecting or more than 200 odd services. So you're not expecting all of those teams to be able to be experts in, all, you know, that cloud provider completely. So you have to start, start thinking about standardizing on technology um, and making choices, not necessarily on behalf of the teams, but feeding in their requirements that allow you to centralize on that choice. Um, so what are the requirements you'd be looking for? So this is day zero. So you've got all these different teams. I've given you a bit of a rundown of audit of the fact that like things are all kind of manually automated. So there's like the basically yeah, as in like it they probably they spend more time fixing up the automation Mm. than they probably do the automation working. Yeah. So kind of devaluing the construct of even automation at this point. Like it probably would have been faster to have done it manually in the end. (laughs) Um, And so. And they've kind of got themselves in a bit of a hole where like somebody's already done a load of stuff. So they just keep going with the things that were already there and just keep yeah. hacking away. And like maybe if I had this project in and maybe if I had this other environment in and like even, you know, that kind of stuff that kind of goes on and a bit of bash, bit of Python going on and some CI jobs running. And, you know, maybe we kind of throw in something else like yeah. Argo CD in there. And then it's Love like, it. now it's like this Kubernetes. bit of Argo. Yeah, it's Kubernetes it. yeah. there. Someone's got a couple of clusters Argo CD, no real oversight anymore because it's obviously per cluster. It's kind of separate to the CI jobs. So it's kind of a bit disconnected. So now you're kind of like, basically you've got to go and now work out what's going on. Um, where do you begin? As in like, what would you look for in your day zero so requirements? I, I guess part of that is going and speaking to the teams, right? To understand what it is that they're doing, why they're doing those things. What would you be asking? What the business is. Hey, Jay, it's really nice to meet you. (laughs) I hear you're new here and you're going to help fix all these problems. I am new. Um, uh, what the f have you been doing? <laughs> but it would. So be, there used to be this yeah, other guy that used to work here called Jake Shaw, <laughs> and um, I don't know. He just did all this stuff before historically. <laughs> we don't talk about yeah. that guy anymore. Um, so uh, I'd obviously be asking, you know, what other requirements because they have downstream users right um or there might be kind of regulatory requirements or whatever of those applications so they have a bunch of applications which might factor into the design of the platform that you're trying to build um i mean we've already talked about so you're saying that you're going to lead on like languages so first of all your thing is more about the language is that what you're saying no 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 so applications is quite generic Uh, what do you mean um so uh they these these teams are building some functionality um they're either building functionality in separate kind of business services or applications um and those applications have users in some sort of industry let's say for for argument's sake it's financial industry right um in the finance industry there is a bunch of regulation that means that this isn't finance. Okay, cool. What yeah, no, it's it, PTP. Yeah, it's just some new, oh, right. just, just some, just like, it's a retail, yeah, yeah. state's retail, yeah. Um, so there's no regulation. Apple, retail, I mean, there is regulation even in retail, but. Yeah, but not not in not in the financial, it's not a financial institution regulation. Okay, yeah. so um, maybe uh, some of those requirements are um, business driven. So if my, Let's say let's say it's an e-commerce website. That's probably the easiest. It's a shop. It's an online shop. I mean, it's not. I mean, we can go with it, but we, we, uh, I mean, it isn't. <laughs> All right, fine. So it's just some unknown you function. Can't keep changing. <laughs> it's basically it's a it's a it's a retail company, and part of that retail has logistics services. It's got payment services. It's got different products elements of there from like selling technology products yeah. it can sell clothes products so it, it all comes yeah. under one right it does but also there's logistics back end stuff as well that you've got to factor okay in. yeah so so i'm right fine no they have store. Got, they have yeah, stores fine. as well it's not all e-commerce yeah. no they've yeah, got shops okay, it's fine. like they've had, have real lots of different functionality lots of different things yeah cool um i mean i shop fine. at ptp it's <laughs> right <laughs> you know it takes ages to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so um this this the shop 
you know, one of the requirements might be that, um, or one of the, the things that the business cares about might be uptime, right? Of yeah. The service. So that is a big problem, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It, it goes down quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. There we yeah. go. So we already know there's some value that could be driven from a central platform because there's a real problem that yeah. it's facing. So uptime, I don't know, one of the things that you might um, uh, try to design for is greater uptime um, is what about the cost of um, the services uh, that like the logistics and th- do you have like a really high delivery fee or is there like a really high um, uh, operational cost for running these teams um, that is presented to the user? So sometimes things go wrong mm-hmm. where the wrong stock gets sent to people sometimes. That's oh, occurred a few geez. times, yeah. Um, so that, a fire or delivery yeah, I mean, this is just really the day in the life of PTP. Oh, man. Um, but mostly the biggest issues are probably net new services. So like new ideas, I was right. trying to be competitive. They just okay, take cool. forever yeah. to get out the door. Um, and then basically new features enhancements. So on the existing services also take a really long time. Right. Um, and then the back end stuff is quite problematic and also the uptime is quite problematic. Like things go down, it takes a long time to recover. So the meantime to recover is really quite long-winded. Okay. Um, and people don't really know where to look for things or where the logs are properly and it could take them ages. What about, before, say, know. performance of the sites? Performance actually isn't too bad no, not too overall, bad. Um, but just just reliability. Reliability. Okay. So it kind of just goes can go down and then take us ages to fix something. And, and does it go down for like security reasons or is it other reasons? Well, just sometimes if we're like doing any upgrades, things will go down. If we're patching okay. to a new version of the software, sometimes yeah. we've had issues there. Mm. Um, and then resolving those issues can take time and the rollbacks can take time if we need to roll back. Wow, sounds like you have a really hard problem to fix. Glad yeah. you uh, hired me to fix it because yeah. um, I just yeah really know it. Yeah. <laughs> so, how you, so how is this platform team? What are the so I, this, what what is this day two? What's feeding into this day zero requirement gathering? So now we know the fact that the reliability needs to be improved. Um, the time to market um, can be improved. The developer experience overall basically could could do with. Um, a, a help in hand uh, performance not too bad um, but you might so in the reliability thing as an example cloud obviously and we've talked about this on previous episodes cloud has um, lots of different ways to uh, improve reliability whether it's using you know PaaS services that come with um, higher um, availability and reliability or you know, architecting your application so that it can be multi-region uh, or multi-AZ or, or you know any any and or all of these things, just means that you're not just um, reliable but resilient to uh, failures potentially of the cloud providers, right? Um, so in this design, then you're saying that we should be multi-AZ or multi-region at or least like, multi-AZ at, at least at least multi-AZ, multi-AZ. which multi-AZ is just more than one multi-AZ just means more than one correct yeah so okay. is there so is a more is than a, one to two are we saying two um ideally three Why okay not? all right we're um, gonna go so, big yeah go so, big or go home yeah <laughs> so, so we're gonna be AZ so three AZs so this starts to factor in yeah where you're saying you need for for reliability to increase mm-hmm. your reliability in your uptime distributing applications across multiple az's is going to improve the reliability if you've architected your architected your app well um and that you're you know moving state to the right place and all that kind of thing then yeah for sure um uh, Arctic, uh having multiple availability zones um that your application lives in will um, mean that it has a greater chance of higher uptime um, it will also mean that if you're if one of those um, availability zones goes down or is unavailable for whatever reason then your application is affected yeah so um, the de- so they're gonna you're you're now saying there's some design principles that yeah. are going to shift to the developer teams to to capitalize on the platform you're going to be building because your platform you're building you're proposing is going to distribute applications across multiple AZs. Yeah. So therefore, their application needs to be able to be in different AZs, needs to scale across multiple AZs and take um, the traffic 
which could go in, into either one of these yep. AZs and then deliver on the outcome appropriately so that if that AZ went down, there's still the two other AZs. But they aren't necessarily burdened by knowing what it takes to build the application in those AZs, right? They so don't they don't need to, to change their app. They, they um, will have to change their app to scale. Um, yeah. But they might not have to know that they are in each AZ um, because, you know, you're, I'm trying to provide a uh, a platform that takes care of some of that complexity. So that load, cognitive load for them in, in all of this design isn't isn't on them. Right. So what they all they need to validate is the fact Can there be more than one of my applications alive and can it uh, receive traffic can each one receive way. traffic equally and, e and, yeah, exactly. and serve the request without exactly. and the request is the right yeah. result you would have expected yes um not if maybe somebody else's one. order by yeah, exactly accident that, or whatever yeah. else yeah. Or. um so all of these would obviously factor in um uh, if you wanted to go even bigger on that you might introduce another region with more availability zones if you wanted to improve and what would that mean to the app um so again uh you are trying to figure out whether um you know you now have to think about latency and things like that um where the users are and where um they're coming in from um and whether it makes sense for the load of the application to be um uh to, to go uh, to be distributed via in the geo that is near so let's say if you had a bunch of users in us then you might have an a region that's in the us if you had it in if most of your regions most of your users were in london then you know it probably makes sense to do to it there however if it's global and latency was such an important factor then you'd probably have both and um load balance the requests coming in so that they are specific to the regions that they're in um funnily enough in 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 this example like amazon is a global service all of that is just um um all of the traffic is actually handled in one region did you know that um all the traffic is handled in one region yeah so the whole of the amazon website uh, amazon. oh right oh, i see what you mean like so you're not talking is... about as in there's only one Say, not well, Amazon Web not, Services, not Amazon Web not Services. True, so yeah. Am Amazon um, as a e-commerce site, you know, yeah. all of the traffic for that is handled in, in one region. In one region. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. Um, which is unbelievable scale, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Um, anyway, tangent. Uh, so those things would be an issue. Um, the type of choice, the technology choices uh, that this platform can handle uh, so you know different languages am i trying to simplify um for only one language am i uh, being quite flexible so that you can host yeah there's loads of languages so many languages yeah, yeah there's cool. quite a lot of, there's quite a lot of all right so different some flexibility languages. and you might no, change. i wouldn't say loads but there's like some people have kind of gone off and done separate things and you know so and there's a whole other strategy about how the look and feel of everything kind of comes together better because it's, it sounds it, like you've really made a bit of a mess with this uh, PTP business. Yeah, Who PTP managed, is, manages this business really. Yeah, bad. I know it's pretty poor. But anyway, this is what's happened. So, um, but they've got back end orders, obviously front end stuff. I mean, yeah. you can like use so um, state and data as well. Yeah, the state because obviously yeah. orders have to go through credit card details yeah. have to go through. There needs to be payments done. Obviously, then tracking your order. Um, you know, knowing where it's going to be, delivery dates, all those kind of things. Yeah. Um, so there's like the logistics part and then obviously there's the payment part and then there's obviously then the front end part, which is the catalogue of the things that you can buy and the so, pricing yeah. and the, you know, so it sounds like you're, you've already got um, a bit of a kind of microservice architecture with all of these different teams, um, which means that there are uh, lots of different kind of components that you might want to be able to scale um, individually yeah. um, and deploy individually because those teams might make changes to those to that applications and then the way that they interact um could be made simple right so i'm guessing uh, I'm, let, let me just take a guess to what the current current state is that every change you make um in the in this in this organization with these different functions things like networking anytime there's a change you know has to go through one team and all of this is centralized um or um you know 
What do you mean by network? network? So, so let's say one a payment, one of your payment applications relies on your logistics application for some reason, and if you've made, um, you know, a change so that your app is available on a different port, then you have to go to some central team to allow communication if security is an issue to allow communication between your things yeah, rather sometimes. than it be it depends because uh, some people share some team stuff and uh, other other teams don't so it's a bit of a mixed bag so some teams that worked on other things historically ended up sharing the infrastructure of another team um, just because they had the relationships before because they used to be in that team so oh, they wow. kind of just started sharing it and some of them, there's quite a few Kubernetes clusters, but then there's some um, using Lambda and some other things going on across different accounts. All sorts. Yeah. Um, but it's all kind of working somehow in the end. So there's obviously like some front end stuff that's kind of Lambda. There's some things that like obviously trigger some events on when somebody puts an order through or whatever else. There'll be yeah. like an event that kind of happens for the back end. So that's kind of the Lambda stuff. Um, but then the other things are the, you know where the catalogs hosted and all these other things are all shared in like a kubernetes clusters so you've also got different experience and different things being different done. architectures for different, different architectures yeah. and 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 those architectural um choices that you've made um uh, are you happy with them do you think there's there's a lot of i mean uh, a team made them yeah you know it's because they're all their own separate teams <laughs> And so they decided that was like the, the right event, things to do. Uh, somebody was like, "Event driven yeah. architecture makes sense for yeah, this use sure. case." So yeah. they went off and used that. Um, and then other teams were already doing containers, mm. and so they just went off and started to use Kubernetes because they heard about it and yeah. there's like managed services in the cloud. So like, might as well use that um, as well. And are they in one account, many accounts? They're in uh, many accounts. Yeah, many accounts. Cool. And yeah. not like loads and loads of accounts, but enough. There's like there is more than one is what I'm saying. And are those accounts just like the you know the stages of these environments, or is there more than that? Are there stages plus more? Yeah. So there's some stages that have accounts. Mm -hmm. um, I think some teams have gone a bit crazy with the number of stages. <laughs> some have like five accounts. Some only have two accounts. Yeah. Um, so it's been a bit of a mixed bag on how the team decided to split it up it's quite a lot of aut autonomy and cost that it was because it was central it was like it was basically decentralized, decentralized devops decentralized, yeah. yeah so there's different no devops. consistency a lot of um, i mean we tried like people were speaking to each other you know but reusing and helping each other out in well there's, way there's terraform oh cool no oh, like everyone loves a terraform yeah so there's terraform there yeah. And there's like lots of different um, lots of different accounts. So it's just that a DevOps decided that the patterns were slightly different. So people were like, you know, some of the data that was the card data, people were a bit risk averse. They were like, let's split it all out into separate accounts. Yeah. Some people were then using like the production data to test in another account. So it had to be treated like production and all these other things for the credit card data. So that was treated differently and like more secure by splitting mm. everything out. But then other things weren't like that. So they didn't do that. Um, so there's just like yeah evolution of like the requirements from other places so it sounds like and we've talked about um the kind of landing zone type approach in previous episodes but you know i'm going to apply that as a kind of at least a baseline platform um to to rely upon and then but that doesn't really um uh that doesn't really solve the developer experience, which is what we're talking about here. Right? Yeah, so, so we need to um, we need to. So now you have segregated accounts uh, for teams um, and some sort of central services that can be reused. Um, yeah. So it's less of a decentralized um, mess that seems to have been created, um, and there's some consistency to how you're delivering in cloud. And then the next thing I guess to to solve for is um, how. Uh, all of those technology choices that have been made um, for right reason, wrong reason, whatever, can either be standardized, the operational overhead um, can be sort of maintained, um, the ongoing operability um, for all of these things, so day two operations can be um, kind of prioritized and solved for as well. So, so day two operations. So at the moment, I don't think we've... Cause I do know that one of the clusters went offline. Because you upgraded it? No, it was oh. like basically, I think um, one of the cloud vendors, it, we just didn't upgrade it for so long. It was on such an old version um, that I think got terminated because we were warned to upgrade, but no one knew how to upgrade them. 
Um, so and we couldn't really work out how to do it. So I don't think the team did it. But then we did manage to obviously sort Boy, it out. Yeah. Um, and then kind of move over. So that was fine. And we got support from the cloud vendor on that at That's the time. Yeah. Um, but that was expensive. Yeah, it was very expensive. Yeah. Um, but then we're now just looking just to start again. So the aim is like we need to start, start a bit fresh. of a... Yeah. We know it's a mess in many different places. So there's no point trying to work out some consistency in all of this. Yeah, because right. it's too... That would take longer than maybe just rethinking what we need to do. So you're yeah. saying put a landing zone in first, which is what the cloud best practice is, which is exactly. to support multi-team and multi-account or multi-project, whatever you want to call it, depending on the cloud provider. Yeah. So that each team is going to get their own account. But then the platform team then is going to do, what is we, are we, do we all have a Kubernetes each as a team? Or Good what? question. Yeah, I guess it kind of depends on, um, you know, uh, the the architecture or the things that are that's uh, why the, I'm, the assets I've hired that you, are important Jake, so it's quite a lot of important assets there's, there's, yeah. there's a lot of important assets right so um let's say well you you actually just sort of spoke about it earlier so you have card information yeah um, pci compliance uh, and, yeah. and that seems to have uh data that you probably want to segregate off and have a bit more risk aversion around yeah whereas other things might not necessarily have the same that's the highest uh, risk profile they, the card data. and so, probably the user data as well there we go so yeah so already you've you've kind of got alignment of workloads depending on the profile of the applications or you confine everything to the highest risk if you're really risk averse you know, you put everything in completely segregated environments where you're not reusing any of the underlying infrastructure and everything is um, locked down um, and and the um, the kind of information flow between teams is now centralized as well. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just looking for done. a really good developer experience is really more what I'm looking for. Oh, okay, so, cool. So yeah, I'm um, just wondering, like, when this developer experience <laughs> is going to arrive. So at the moment, we need to obviously, but we're just looking to ship some ship, features ship faster quickly. so right. we really want to know when this platform's going to be like I, so you know. it's i mean from all of these things me building a platform from scratch now this is there's just so many requirements this it feels like it's going to take me quite some time probably not like day two it feels like day 200 that i, I would have <laughs> finished um addressing some of these requirements by we don't need to necessarily i'm just telling you what the situation is yeah and obviously we can't ship new features Until at the moment but we also have new teams that are going to start so obviously we know we we know that the current e-commerce we've got other ideas as yep. a business so we need to do something because there isn't really a thing to align to so something that you as much as improving what we have so we need a migration strategy probably to the new God, thing this is like so much work. there's lots of things happening it's really but that's good, not yeah. as much of a priority as okay, actually cool. the new project Fixing. net new net new net new stuff that needs good. to go yeah. quick and we're just trapped because we're you know don't really know what to use because there isn't a one thing to use so standardized so all right so things that we decisions that we have made there is now a cloud landing zone um, yeah that's good uh there is um kubernetes because that's already used um, well it's or, already done is it or we can use it now well, it doesn't exist yet, but okay. it's a technology choice. So we're still in the planning and now we're kind of in day zero and day one of phases of this uh, of this rollout. This, so yeah. um, so the, the cloud stuff has been planned, has been executed on. Um, now the, um, the developer experience is now being planned for and, and executed on. So, uh, as part of that, I'm going to come up with a strategy for using Kubernetes in the organization so that I can, we can standardize on the skills in the org, um, standardize on how applications are being shipped, um, through the different environments, um, and, um, standardize how they're being monitored you know the observability around all of them um and so what how is, reliable so they are so what is because obviously i've got a few different teams mm. um that are outsourced actually outsourced teams oh wow this, yeah um more and more requirements just keep yeah cause because well, like we don't just have the capacity we don't have the capacity at the moment really with the current teams this ptp just got infinite mo- there's like so many look things it's happening. just there's a lot going on so there's busy, eight busy teams business. now or how so many there's, more? there's eight teams before already but yeah. we've got two new teams starting they've started 
Well, yeah, I mean, we're, I mean, they're, they're about to start, start so cool. they're they're doing their own scoping right. for the new stuff. Obviously, the other eight existing teams will need to migrate at some point to this new stuff. We need a plan for that. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, like, what's the? You've mentioned Kubernetes you've got the landing zones. Um, How do they? Are we board? just having a giant cluster? Is it like what are you, are you providing yeah. like a big platform big that we're all sharing, or like what's the? Kind of depends. So you know, uh, if you're focusing on, I mean, there's credit card details and all this other stuff. So I wouldn't really feel great about us sharing things to be fair you don't feel great about sharing well so that's the security a good, risk is, yeah. would be high so i wouldn't want promote that to be we've already got that risk now in some projects there you go right so we've already we've already spoken about this though right we already said that the different security profiles of the applications would be in different accounts different clustered etc but not absolutely everything because um you don't want the cognitive overhead of managing it all Unless, well, I don't unless know. I don't know. I mean, just, I do boring. know though that when we didn't upgrade the previous cluster because it was shared, yeah, caused massive everything, outage. Everything yeah. died, and yeah, which so, we don't want either because that was high risk. So, so you probably want to segregate off um, some of the some of the applications, so there's not as much risk. I if a, a cluster goes down, then it doesn't take down the entire business. Well, if it's were you saying the whole all because you said three AZs, so you're saying if the whole three AZs go down, no, no, if someone cluster. just doesn't upgrade a cluster anymore, so yeah, I mean a cluster. Well, can we yeah, just make that easier so that that's not a problem? That's a good idea. So, ha- what what things are there in the industry that make cluster upgrades easier? In fact, cl- I mean, how do you do? Cluster are you upgrades? going to? Well, you're the team, so I'm, I mean, that's kind of why. Let I me ask. You. Let me ask the team. You, how do you do cluster upgrades, <laughs> team? <laughs> um you terraform so you you guys are already using terraform right so you know there's functionality in in there that allows you to upgrade a cluster and amazon makes that sort of easy but there's loads of operational things now uh, or questions that need to be asked right so am i responsible for the cluster probably um but you have a bunch of apps in that cluster do i decide when to upgrade and potentially affect your apps who knows? Well, I don't know because we've got be ten. Decided. There'll be ten teams in total. So I have to. Potentially so how many clusters are you proposing for, for all those teams in the end? We'll take the requirements in hand, but it, let's, for argument's sake, and I'm not saying that this is the most efficient, but for argument's sake, let's say each of those teams has individual cluster, well, multiple clusters, one for each stage of their uh, environment pipeline or whatever, um, or stage of development. So. Let's say Dev UAT and Prod. So now there's 30 wow. clusters. Okay. 10 teams, 30 clusters. That's a lot of clusters. And each team. How much is this going to cost? It's so cheap. It's like super cheap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but but now you have a, uh, uh, obviously, the the choice that has been made is that um, all of the accounts and clusters are segregated, um, no underlying infrastructure, so um, a bit less um, uh, potential, well, less of a footprint for security issues to happen in. Um, but then the cognitive load and the operational overhead is high because you now have to manage 30 clusters. Also, each time you do an upgrade, you have to... Who's Sorry, who are you talking about when you say you now have to manage who's the you in <laughs> the platform the platform team okay now sorry. has to but not the developer if they are responsible for the cluster maybe they i in this weird scenario where i'm i don't know if i'm the platform team or i'm just like yeah you own the platform I'm, team. I'm the platform team cool so this is my decision that i uh, cool all right just, i hope so I'm just, I'm just trying to still figure out this this weird uh i mean fictitious scenario so you were hired into this, <laughs> this problem so in, so i have 30 clusters um and i'm gonna take responsibility of owning these clusters however i think because it's gonna be i mean i only have three other people working in this and those three people cannot feasibly go into each of these teams and ask them when they can upgrade a cluster um the only the only thing that i can think about is is you know using um some solutions out there that make that easier um so it moves the operations into the team and the team can then decide so basically creating um uh 
commodity but they won't know choices. terraform the team they don't need to. to know terraform so they you know um they could use products out there that make um upgrades of clusters as simple as clicking a button that just says do you want to you know this upgrade is available do you want to hit okay you so you're saying Except? cool you're not going to you're you're saying you don't need to scale the team i'm going to try not to scale the team otherwise and you doesn't whether you, the, the and the team won't need to know terraform that's consuming this cluster yep and the clusters are going to use something that takes that basically upgrades themselves almost or something is doing this upgrades yes um and the team is going to be responsible for when that happens because it's, it's their application it's is that their what you're application saying? they're responsible for their application i'm responsible for the clusters however i don't want to be responsible for upgrading their clusters so i want to pass that down but you can't because you got only got three i've people. only got three people i can't feasibly be responsible for that right so i have to find something um a solution out there that takes care of or moves this responsibility down or build it myself and i can't build it because i've only got three people so okay so, so you're I'm buying stuck. rather than building so i'm stage. i am right, okay. buying a solution um that that does this um what are the other problems i guess um or well just the speed of access so if i'm getting this cluster that my team needs like how long is that going to take um so in this teams. magic solution yeah um that i've bought rather than built um you can actually self-serve clusters okay so we've got so, so we've got a way for the team that's going to get these two clusters yeah which obviously moving friction on access for exactly. infrastructure. And then how do I get environments in the cluster for my apps that I need to deploy? So an environment is essentially a namespace okay. uh, or one one concept of an environment is a namespace. Uh, a different environment, you could construct it as a cluster depending on you know how much infrastructure you want to reuse or not. Um, but all of that is also self-serve. So you can either get a namespace yourself uh, or you can get a cluster yourself. Right. Um, but all of that is so I'm as a platform team, I'm just so you're trusting it easy. the developer to create their own environments with knowing that the guardrails are in the right places. I am only allowing the developers to do the things that I have um, that I have trust in this tool. Can I delete the environments? It kind of depends. Do I want you to delete the environments? I think it should be allowed. So yes. yeah, for, apart yeah. from potentially prod, just in case you mess up okay. the guardrail. And that would be a guardrail, is yeah, what you're saying. That would okay. be a guardrail, exactly. Um, however, if you wanted to delete dev, if you wanted to delete UAT, go ahead. Right. Or but not, just not, not prod. prod. I just can't destroy prod. You can't destroy prod. Yeah. Okay. Or there's um, an you know additional gate that you need if you are destroying prod. For, for example, if you wanted to do blue green deployments in prod. Um, and you are kind of moving off of a cluster, moving your workloads onto another cluster, you probably do want to delete the one that is just sat there doing nothing, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those those types of guardrails and, and rules can can probably ca can happen in this one. And how will, um, will this cluster optimize itself for costs? So, like, because the other thing we've had is obviously lots of idle, like, resources just yeah out there. it's yeah. costing a lot of money we're not really using the infrastructure fully thankfully that is um one of the benefits of uh, kubernetes so there's lots of different add-ons in this world um auto scalers and such and then um ways to uh, manage your application as well so that that scales to demand so if your application is scaling to demand and your infrastructure is scaling to demand then um as long as the right information is being fed into the clusters and the management of those clusters, then yes, it's going to be a. So in this platform, I can get the get the infrastructure without knowing much about without how you having the skills, knowing how you've of, done it, but yeah. I, it happens somehow. It happens, yeah, exactly. And then I can get access to environments. And then this infrastructure, when I start deploying my apps, will scale up and down accordingly to kind of save money. So if I like... And you can also get cloud resources. So let's say your application needed SQS because you were talking about... It just knows some, some, I need some, one. Yeah, well, 
<laughs> it doesn't know you need one. How you need to tell it. You, right. need, you need to tell it that you need one. But How, right. Okay. You don't necessarily need to know Terraform. So I'm going to standardize. Um, I'm going to standardize the way that you're asking for cloud services like a Kubernetes cluster or um, you know a database or a message queue or anything like that. Um, so in this experience, so before because we're talking about Dev experience, yeah, and we're talking about all the touch points of a Dev, so. I can now CI. Uh, is that there? It's yeah. I'm platform team, so one of my responsibilities is um, making sure that I've standardised on a CI. Okay, so I've got yep. a CI that my team can use. So yep. that's kind of there. Yeah. Um, and I've also integrated automatically. You know, the way that um, you can deploy from CI into those clusters. Right. Okay. So your. So what I do, what's on the dev team in this platform? In your, in this, you write code, you yeah. containerize that code, so write a Docker file, and that's it. Um, and you have to write either some Kubernetes templates or a Helm chart or something, and pop it into the right folder structure that I'm going to give you, and then it will just appear in your cluster. Okay, so when I'm engineering. I'll just be testing for dev experience. I'm testing locally. Then I push to CI and then and then these deployment files. How do I know they're going to work, these deployment files? So it gets deployed and tested all within the CI pipeline. So you have right. um, you know, linting that happens on the Kubernetes manifests inside the pipeline. You also have um, an automatic deployment into a ephemeral cluster that goes away to make sure that the app can come up and there's tests within that. So um, you're being really efficient about when you're deploying to long-lived infrastructure. Right. Cool. Cool platform, isn't it? So I don't have to learn. So I have to learn Kubernetes. So that could take me a bit of time. Um, as a dev, but some of the dev quite, teams quite know it already. Of, to yeah, be fair. there's quite a lot of good Kubernetes, um, like learning product, you know, products out there or solutions out there that help you learn. So, how long would you say these two new teams, if they had the code ready, how long would it take for them to get dev and access to dev and things like that? And also, what about solutions for like troubleshooting, like if so dev didn't work or are they um, are. are I'm assuming they're onboarded into the organization, so they have like they an will, identity. And yeah, they'll be up, they'll be in their central identity. Yeah. If they have a central identity, then they can have access pretty much straight away. Okay, so then so long as they're in the IDP, yeah. then they'll get access, and that's going to be the onboarding process. And then from that point on, they can basically... Is there training? Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So to, just to standardize for developer experience, you want everyone to have the same, uh, you know, um, baseline knowledge of experience, etc. So we're going to provide you some, def- you know, some training, some best practices, and some of that material already exists online. But there's three of us, and now that all of this stuff has been taken care of for the most part, I could spend the time working with developers to train them right. on the things specific to the company. And you're saying that this PTP platform right, super easy to engineer now. Yeah. So you're saying this platform will be highly available. It's going to upgrade itself. Secure. Or something's going to do the upgrade. Upgrade itself. Yep. I just need to inform when there is an upgrade. And will my app go down if it's upgrading itself? Uh, depends how you like. If you've, if your application is meeting the requirements and the standards that we put in, and also it has to because we put the right checks and balances and guardrails in those clusters so that you couldn't deploy unless you were multi AZ or um you know ha- have multiple replicas or multiple um uh instances of, of your app running um then you'll have no downtime okay so you're going to put policies in place that would make force me to have to have enough i guess enough scale in my deployment that match your requirements exactly um and then the upgrades then shouldn't impact and then the things on there that maybe are your things, will there be impact to those things, whatever those things are? How am I going to get my logs and my other stuff off this infrastructure? We manage that. Don't worry Okay, about so it. there won't be any downtime for like, my no logs downtime. are not going to disappear no. all of a sudden. No. And, uh, we'll okay. just ship it to cloud. You know, they have uh, services that... Um, so I have access to the cloud. How do I get access to the cloud? Um, we'll, we'll manage that all okay. through the landing zone. 
all right, so you're going to give me access to the crowd and the platform does that or like I need to speak to the team or like... Uh, just as part of your onboarding, you get it automatically. Cool. So I'll know as part of the onboarding, the train, I'm going to know where my logs are going to be, where my monitoring is going to be. Monitoring, logging, how to get access, how to how deploy, to deploy that. There'll be templates. Templates things. that you can reuse. It will even give you the ability to scan your code so that any vulnerabilities or anything that you find... Um, you, you can take care of early rather than taking care of when they're in production. Cool. So basically, these two projects should be able to go live quickly and then the day two challenges you're saying are going gonna, gonna to be like a self-healing, self-upgrading, kind of self-scaling thing that takes the day two burdens away. Yeah. And then you're going to, for my application day two, you know, like troubleshooting, managing, operating, knowing about performance provide me all the tooling for that so that i know what to do in my app so cool pretty good eh that's pretty good awesome i mean so that's basically what we need may do with four people in you know in the team and because i didn't build it yeah you will yeah you didn't have the people to build it to be fair couldn't build it yeah cool that's awesome so i guess now um now uh, pay rise i mean (laughs) TPT took so long <laughs> that we actually went under. <laughs> um, but no, that's good. That was good to see um, like could be a, day in, a day in the life of a company yeah. to take them from kind of craziness to something yeah. standardized exactly. for the new things. And then we can align to and it. And it, it, it shouldn't really take that long to do, really, if you've... You know. well, I suppose if you don't, if you're not having to engineer it all from scratch, then yes, yeah, exactly. So long as the things are out there for you to use and ready to go, and that the people know how to train people up on those things, then yeah, sounds yeah. good. Cool. All right. So there were the day day zero, one and two process of you have to go through of to before you like work out how you're going to solve day two, how you're going to solve day one, how yeah. you're going to think about day zero, how you factor in developer experience, and some of that and day then... one wasn't even building. It was also thinking about ex, like research to see whether there's something out there already. Yeah, true, exactly. Because um, you don't have to build absolutely everything, right? Day no. day day one, even though it's kind of focused on building, doesn't mean you have to. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> um, so there you go. Interesting. All right. Well, I think I grilled you enough there. Thanks. So. Yeah, <laughs> getting a pretty hot under the there. <laughs> <laughs> cool thanks uh, everyone for listening and we'll be back with another episode soon thanks again bye bye, bye.